Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley here with our very first TLT podcast for 2019. Exciting times, and for exciting times, we need an exciting man. So we're joined by, uh, joined with, I should say, Billy Marion tonight. Billy, how are we doing Woo-hoo. this evening on uh, TLT night? I'm devastated, but I'm thank Christ the cricket's over, mate. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. So uh, overall, it was a pretty um, eventful TLT actually, which I like. I like it to be a little bit different um, and a few things to happen. I think just about every team had. Um, at least one major talking point or, or something that was pretty interesting to say the least or, or something that was completely unexpected. Yeah, true. It might be um, vanilla flavour in here, but there's still plenty of pod, pods to talk about. Let's get stuck into it with the Thursday night game. So we've got the Melbourne Storm versus the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, pretty big one to kick it off. We'll start with the Storm. Um, I think mostly it was what we expected. There wasn't too many changes. Probably one major one was that um, Stimson was not named battling injury at the moment. Um, to be honest, Billy, I wasn't that keen on Stimson with how things would have shook up, so it, I don't think it's as, as big a change to a lot of season coaches. Nah, no interest for me at all. Um, I think uh, he's probably in that sort of nice little price bracket around, um, what do you call it, uh, like for the Sharks, Cape Royal, but he's, he's available at the centre three quarters, so probably more appealing. Well, the only other guy that's um, potentially interesting was um, Tui Kamakamaika, I think I did that one pretty well. Till we got named on the bench. He's a uh, second row, front row, forward dual. Um, and he was a guy that was rumoured to maybe be winning a bench spot. He's not bottom dollar cheap, but he is 196k, so he's relatively inexpensive. He only played uh, 17 points across 18 minutes a game last year in his five matches. So he got next to no minutes. I was looking at him, Billy, because putting him in front row forward cheapy with no pain huss for a month, um, do you think he's going to be able to beat that 18 minutes looking at that bench? I reckon he will, because um, you've got Brandon Smith on there, who's obviously, that would get small minutes with um, rotating the Smith. Um, and the Storm are kind of like the Raiders. They generally don't have like any real big minute um, forward. Like Bromwich in the good old days might have had 55, 60, but... He's about, they're only getting sort of 40, 45 minutes, maybe 50 here and there. So um, I reckon a bit, uh, with only sort of three bench forwards, probably get uh, 30, 35 minutes maybe. Yeah, and like 30 to 35 sounds really crappy, but um, when he was only priced at 18 minutes a game, uh, it's not bad. And he's he's probably going to make a bit of an impact in that 30 minutes as well. I kind of like the look of him. He's pretty big. So um, he's definitely an option that's there. Let's move on to the, the opposition though, the Broncos, because they're a lot more interesting with the side that they've named. Probably the first thing with the Broncos to mention is we found out in the last week that your uh, love child, TPJ, was going to get benched, which I know that you were devastated about. He's um, he's looking dead and buried. I don't think anyone can touch him in Jersey 17 to start the year. Uh, not just that, throw the hammy in, mate, isn't that guy? Yeah. How long do you think it'll take for him to get back in that starting lineup, and who do you think is going to be sacrificed to push him in there? Well, I reckon Seabold will probably give these guys um, a chance to prove themselves. They've obviously won their spot. He's not going to just give them one or two weeks and say, sorry, lads, but uh, um, Tavita's uh, healthy. You're going to go chuck him in there. Alex Glenn's been there for a few years and what scored two or three tri- tries in that last trial or something like that. Um, Silver's been knocking on the door for a while, and Gillette's been there 
for a, a long time, mate. If he's giving him a job at um, at lock, it must be for a reason. Maybe he just wants to um, turn him more more into a tackle bot for now, protect the neck. Oh, well, who, who knows what the coach is thinking, mate? But they've got some uh, big bobbers on that bench. There's no need, there's no need to rush uh, Tavita in, mate. Yeah, that's true, um, and that's a good leader to talk about. Probably the biggest talking point in this Broncos side, and that's that back row. So they're 11, 12, and 13. Alex Glenn, Jaden Sewer, and Matt Gillette. And I think that um, certainly with the preseason pods, I don't think any of us saw Matt Gillette going to jersey number 13. Uh, and likewise, I don't think anyone in the last couple of weeks picked Jaden Sewer to start until he started to um, push for the spot recently. So uh, interesting. I mean, Alex Glenn might be a little bit of a bolter, but you mentioned that they do have a four-forward bench where they've got, um, you know, Katoni Stag can obviously be a utility as well, but he can also be a forward. David Fafida, Thomas Flegler, and TPJ, who's, who's going to still get decent minutes. I don't think that I could go nearer. Really, any of that back row kind of scares me because I, I can't pick the minutes. Yeah, I know. And uh, those um, guys on the bench you just mentioned, those those guys would be sort of starting forwards in pretty much three quarters of the other teams in the comp, so... Scary to think the public impact that they can have off the bench, but I can't really find much super coach value there unless Offer really does get sort of 55 minutes. Lodge, Lodge did have a, a big uh, end of uh, 2018, but so he'd be a good watch. But with four forwards, man, I just can't do anything. Yeah, the bench kind of kills it, doesn't it? One of the things that the bench does do, though, is whilst it kills some of the forwards, at least for round one, it really solidifies Macca's role as a potential hooker to start the year if you're not going to start with Cook. He's, he's definitely going 80 minutes, so... I mean, anyone that started with Macca would be happy with this. Yeah, not just minute-wise, but the the, um, the amount of uh, power, that, that the, the amount of kgs and, and uh, those guys coming off the bench, all he's got to do is just get get one short ball away to any of those guys. If they bust through, he still gets the LBA. So there, I reckon there's a lot of um, attacking potential there from the colour, just just um, off the back of the size of that pack that he's got going with him. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Um, probably the only one in the pack that I'm still looking at after TLT. So often Gowie's uh, 480k, um, dual second row, front row forward. I've really liked him as a front row forward option. He averaged 50 minutes a game last year. He's over 1 ppm the last couple of years, um, including a massive 1.25 ppm in 2017. So if he gets that 55 minutes, it's very achievable for him to get that. And he's probably looking at about a 56 average. If he manages to snag closer to 60 minutes, uh, he's looking at 60 plus as a gun. I still think that Joe O's a, a reasonable option out of that pack and probably the only one that I'm still considering. Yeah, plenty of people are talking about him, mate. It just comes down to gut feeling, uh, make up of your own team. So aside from the lineups, mate, how do you see this game going and um, yeah. who, are you, who do you think are going to be the super coach standouts for it? Hopefully no one because it's a game I want to sit back and just hope everyone fails. <laughs> isn't, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that an edgy climax to start the super coach here? Um, <laughs> Mate, I'll be um, I'll be interested to see how sort of um, Milford goes. Um, I reckon I, I want to see Isaco's uh, hit ups and see how he goes for the year. Because if there's any chance of him going to fullback or doing a um, uh, a man, an old school mentor type role, taking taking all the ups and doing the support play and kicking goals, would be a very interesting one to watch. Munster, I can't really go near unless he goes, goes fullback. I, it's probably just more of a um, Isaco and sort of Milford watch for me, just just in case they sort of decide to lay a platform. Yeah, I'm not particularly interested in this one either. I've got no Storm players at the moment, although uh, Big 2EK might come into my side. And um, I've got maybe one Bronco, depending on what I do with Joe O. 
I don't have too much super coach interest, mate, but um, I actually think that the Broncos are going to give the Storm a bit of an early season touch-up and wake-up call. Maybe. Someone told me a stat today that um, Melbourne Storm have never lost the opening round when playing in Melbourne in the last 17 years. It'd be interesting to know um, how many games they've actually played there and who they've played against. Uh, just, just backtracking on that last question that you just had, actually, I'm interested in watching Jerome Hughes. Someone said he's got a 66 average at fullback, but I'm not sure the game sample size and whether that was you know, 240s and you know, 160 in, in that, in that um, origin break or not, but I'll be interested to see how he actually goes. Yeah, I think Hughes will go well. At his price point, he's just too awkward to get in for round one, but I, I think that he will go well. Broncos 24-14. to 14. That's the scoreline we're looking at. So let's, let's um, move on to the Friday night game. The first one's going to be the Knights versus Sharks. And this one I really am looking forward to. Really super coach relevant one. Uh, and quite a few changes. So with the Knights, probably, um, probably that whole back row that they've named um, is a big talking point. So they've ended up going uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, which was expected, and then Sione Matautia in jersey number 12 and Tim Glasby. Uh, obviously, especially early on, a month or two ago, um, Aiden Guerra was was expected to start, um, and then you know potentially Aiden Guerra and Mitch Barnett, and then maybe Mitch Barnett was the most recent team guest that we had with Glasby at thirteen. Guerra and Barnett are both on the bench, and Matiatia and Glasby start. I don't understand the Sioni love from Newcastle. If he was in another team, I think that he would probably be dropped for some of these other guys. Yeah, who would you chuck there? But I think um, Barnett was rotating through the middle end last year, wasn't he? Um, as opposed to starting... Actually, I think he moved to edge for a little bit, but I don't know if he stayed there or whether he rotated. I suppose that um, the, Safi- the Safiti brothers have always been middle guys. Uh, actually, I didn't even notice they got SESE in 19, so I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing there, man. But yeah, maybe they want a lighter pack, who knows? Yeah, I mean, Barnett can play in the middle, but realistically... Um, it's a bit of a hard one to guess. So looking at that back row and that, and also the props, they've got Kurt Mann on the bench. So a three-forward bench is, is good because Kurt Mann's um, not really going to play like a lock-style role or anything, or hopefully not anyway. Um, he should be exclusively sharing with Denny Levi. The thing that's a little bit tough is that Daniel Safidi on the bench is a genuine prop. That's what he's going to play. But Barnett and Guerra have both spent time uh, on the edge and also in the middle during their careers. So they could both play either. Um, but it looks like more than likely Fitzgibbon and Matiatia are going to get 80 minutes on each edge. Um, that's what Brown normally likes to do. And the other three guys are going to rotate Clemmer, Gavay and Glasby. Uh, in which case, Tim Glasby still looks like a, a decent money-making option. Um, potentially, you know, 47, 48 minutes a game. Yeah, you probably want the, uh, a few more minutes um, to be viable there, uh, unless they're really, really cheap. Yeah, I'd stay away from Glasby. I'd probably rather just go Burr. Yeah, mate, Glasby is, Glasby is an option, but yeah, I'd, I, personally, I prefer to see more minutes for a guy in the middle. Yeah, that's fair enough. Aside from that, the Knights pretty much lined up how we thought they were going to. Um, with the Sharkies, though, the big thing to talk about is that dream back row for super coaches. Britton Nakora, jersey number 11, and Kurt Capewell, jersey 12. Could not have scripted it any better, Billy. I reckon that works out gold for super coaches. Yeah, I'm just racking my head trying to figure out what the rotation is. You've obviously got Braley there, who's not going to play there. Woods is a forwards, but what happens with other two? I'm just trying to figure out the actual rotation, whether Nakora or Capewell actually gets a spell for a bit. Yeah, I was trying to do that a little bit earlier. Um, 
I mean, to me anyway, surely Nakora is a must-have as a starting back rower. I think everyone has him. Yeah, you've, you've got to have him. If you don't have Nakora in your side, especially when you can put him in at centre wing as a jewel, at bottom price, anyone who's got the opportunity he has, I think you've got to throw straight in there. But as far as the minutes go, like, it's a good point that you raise. One of the things that I did like was that Blake Braley's on the bench. He's going to exclusively play hooker. So then you're left with Jason Bakuya, Aaron Woods and Jack Williams. It looks to me like one of those guys out of Williams or Bakuya is going to play edge. Um, and it's just a matter of whether you think Nakora or Capewell is going to come off. Um, I sort of thought that Nakora might play 55 to 60 minutes and then come off because he's the rookie and he's not NRL season, whereas Kurt Capewell is. How do you see it? What do you reckon is going to happen? Yeah, mate, I can't just figure out. Obviously, Woods is going to come in and spell some after sort of 25 minutes or minute minutes or so, probably, probably play the middle. I'm just trying to figure out how many minutes Shafita probably gets. He's, he's the alpha prop. He was playing big minutes in the trial. I don't think he's going to come out and all of a sudden. They play some 60-65, but the bloke doesn't need that much. I'm still trying to figure out that middle rotation, and especially with Gal. Gal, Gal Gal's not 80 minute um, 13 anymore. So, are there inflated minutes for Gal, like you know, 65, or are there inflated minutes for Fifi? I'm just trying to figure out who the, who the winner there is. It's hard. I mean, I thought that Fafita um, and Capo and Nakora are the three winners out of that team list. The reason I did was because Aaron Woods is going to come in to spell Prior and Fafita. Yeah, that's the only exclusive prop that they've got on the bench. Jason Bakuya is not a prop, and Jack Williams isn't a prop either. So if they stick with that side, um, you'd have to think that Fafita's in line for some pretty good minutes. He averaged, I think, 57 minutes a game last year. Surely he's going to get at least that with that bench. If not, um, I actually reckon that he could push up to 60. Mate, last year he started 58 minutes, 61 minutes, 66, 65, 58, and then came back to 34 minutes. I don't know why. Played the next round for 73 minutes, so he wasn't injured. Round round 1 to 10 last year, FIFA's average minutes were... I mean, he was averaging 64 minutes a game up until round 13 last year, and that was with one game at 34 minutes. So if they've gone um, uh, uh, interchange um, hooker again and only one, one prop in there, and he's got one, two, three, four, five scores out of 72 last year, the lowest were in 50s, he's not exactly the worst person to have, is he? Yeah, the... The TLT has actually thrown me a curveball because it's made me really want to put him back in the side because aside from those minutes that you mentioned to start last year, he also averaged 72 points a game for that first 10 rounds, um, which was his equal highest scoring third of the season. He averaged 72 at the start, 56 in the middle rounds, and then 72 to finish off the last eight rounds. So, but yeah, I, that bench says to me that I think that he's going to play 60-plus minutes to start the year. So I reckon it's a big win for Fifi. Um, and I'm going to peg Nakora at 55 to 60. I, I really think that that Capewell's absolute worst case is 60 minutes, and I wouldn't be surprised if he plays 80 minutes. In which case, at 340k, Capewell would be a godsend as your starting centre. Yeah, just saying. Look at Fifi again too. His five-round rolling average was never lower than 67. Now, see the price of the 68. He's not going to regress. I, I think you're yeah, pretty safe goal with Fifi. If you, worst case scenario, you're going to get that rolling 67 average. They've got uh, no minute takers on the bench, a, de- a decent draw. He played the first full half in, in, in the trial. SJ is in the team, might give you more confidence going forward. You've got the new assist rule. I'm starting to think he might be a, a decent alternative for the people looking for a, a placement for um, Crichton and Farley and, and Co. Yeah, Fafita's a great option. The only problem is he's 635k, I think, but... 
at the moment, um, those are the three guys I reckon are going to be winners. And I've I've got Capewell and Nakora in, and I think every coach should have Nakora in. And Fafita might be the third guy that I have in. Um, I reckon that those three guys skyrocketed with TLT. Yeah, I think you're right, Mark. Um, so there weren't any real changes in the backs. It was pretty much what we expected. Um, so this one, Billy, I reckon is going to be a great one for Supercoach. I reckon these two teams are going to really go at it, and we could have some good points as well. Uh, well, how do you see it going? Score-wise, uh, mate, it depends which nights sort of turn up. It is in it is in Newcastle, but I'm really liking the makeup of this new Sharks team, and I've bought SJ for that purpose. I think there'll be a lot more running in the Knights game. I'm um, not sure how they're going to click. I reckon the Sharks are going to be a lot of sweeping play, sweeping players out the back with um, Moylan and SJ and, and the outside backs trying to perform. I reckon it's going to be a high-scoring game, sort of, you know, 24, 28 points each. Yeah, I reckon too. I'm going to go for the Knights to win 28-24 in a nail-biter. So that's a pretty good um, outcome as far as TLT for the Sharkies pack for super coaches. What isn't a good outcome is this next game with the Roosters versus Rabbits. So the big news for the Roosters side is they've got Angus Crichton in jersey number 17 and Mitchell Orbison starting. That's got to see Crichton's ownership just drop through the floor. Drop through the floor, mate, and it'll disappear altogether, surely. It's a lot of money to hold on to, um, to hold in someone who's not going to start. Even if the guy was like a um, Cohen Hess a few years ago, mate, it's just way—it's just way too much money to um, spend on someone who's not going to be guaranteed eighty minutes. Um, I know the guy's a weapon, but you don't want to be banging, um, banking, banking on a guy to roll over the line in order to justify um, getting back the money you, you invested in him only. So, it has to be a lay. I don't know anyone that would want to sort of stick around on him. Yeah, I heard a few guys talking about. Just holding on to him anyway because his ownership's going to go down. I couldn't do it. I've already got him out of my side. You know, I had him in and out before, but he's definitely gone for me. Even as a Roosters fan, I can't do it. 634k. You just can't have him. You can't have him spend a few games on the bench. My guess would be that we're either going to see a late change before kickoff and he's going to start, or they're going to hold him for one or two games on the bench. So I don't think it'll be a huge impact. But I'm just staying away from Crichton for now. Yeah, I think it's better just to get him in a bit later when he starts firing. Um, aside from that, the the big takeaway for the Roosters side for me, Billy, was I think that, that that bench basically solidified one option and killed another. So Jake Friend looks like he's getting 80 minutes for sure because uh, their bench is Isaac Liu, Zane Tedavano, Lindsay Collins and Angus Crichton. But likewise, Victor Radley's minutes, uh, as we kind of expected when we talked about in the preseason, Look pretty dead and buried with that four forward bench. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was I had a friend on my side before a couple of hours ago just to see what it looked like. I just keep coming back to some of the some of the subpar scores, but um, if, he, if he gets eighty minutes and is guaranteed that, I can definitely see definitely see the deal. Um, Taylor in the last year, he was punching sort of sixty twos off sort of eighty minutes. Um, I can't remember what kind of attack he had there. Just having a quick look. Um, it was a lot of tackles. Only one shot. Yeah, only. Oh, you're right. He had like 70 tackles in one game, mate. There were there was only one try assist in that, and no line breaks, no one, two line break assists. So, both both got plenty of upside if he um if he can stay on the path for 80. So I can see the appeal. I just go back to some of the earlier games and see a few lower scores, but. Look, if he's going to stay on, on the park for 80, like that, those numbers are right up there. I can, I can see your appeal, especially priced at, what, 51, is it? Yeah, I can, I can see the value there. 
yeah, huge value, 480k. If you're going to get a second hooker, um, I think Friend's it. If I was getting a second hooker, it would be Friend, because 480k with that bench, uh, he's likely to be playing 80. He's going to get his, his 50 points just from his tackles, because he makes so many tackles in 80 minutes. That's 50 points in tackling. So if anything else comes up, it's yep. a real bonus. Other than that, I, I really think on the flip side that everyone has to just, just <laughs> steer clear of Radley. Just watch him play and smash guys for 50 minutes. And just don't have him in the supercoach side because I just don't, I don't see where the minutes are going to come from. Yeah, very true, mate. Sorry, I'm just punching in uh, a bit more of an accurate figure for you. Uh, game is over 73 minutes here at a 61 average. Yeah, so he, he's got 10 points better than what he's priced at at the moment, Jake Friend, whereas Radley's probably going to do exactly the same. So, uh, well, not exactly yeah. the same, but a few points better, which isn't going to be worthwhile. The, um, the Rabbitohs team had a couple of big changes, one of them being that. Um, everyone's favourite pre-season bottom price rookie, Corey Allen, um, is on the bench, which is a strange move. Greg Inglis is named at number three to be in the centres, which is good because he probably shouldn't be at fullback. But the mail is that um, Corey Allen's there for cover for Inglis. So I would be very surprised if he stays on the bench. I think that one of the other guys is going to probably come in um, and replace Corey Allen if Greg Inglis is fit an hour before kickoff, um, And that's... That's sort of a real danger. If if that happens, he's going to be an NPR for a lot of games. If he doesn't, but that's that's really good news for uh, Burgess and Murray. Yeah, I mean, if Corey Allen somehow stays on that bench, and then we've got Liam Knight, Mark Nichols, who are both low-minute forwards, and Ethan Lowe. Sam Burgess and Murray look like big beneficiaries and, and like they're going to get big minutes. So I'm all over both of those guys. You've definitely got Murray. Have you reconsidered Burgess? No. Even if no. Corey Allen stays on the bench, mate, still no Burgess. <laughs> oh, no, have I reconsidered? No, I'm not, I haven't reconsidered these in my team. Oh, right. I didn't think that you had him. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over um, Sam Burgess and Cam Murray. And as far as mid-rangers go, I, I reckon Cam Murray is the best mid-ranger there is. And TLT with a three-forward bench, if it stays that way, it has to solidify that. Yeah, yeah, true, mate. Um, so the only other guy that... Uh, I guess there's a sigh of relief for with TLT is um, McKilrake was being named on the bench a little bit, but he's he's transferred out of the South Sydney side, so he's not even there. So Damien Cook's going to get his 80 minutes. Um, everything else looks pretty stock standard. I expect this one to be a bit of a fiery one, Billy, and I don't think that we'll get a, a real high score, but I can see like a maybe a 20 to 16 nail biter the Chooks way. Uh, I don't know. First game of the year, mate. The teams just get a few cobwebs out early. Like both both teams definitely know how to fire on. on had a fire on their day. I think it'll be a, a good matchup. I'd, I reckon this one will be a lot closer than you think. 20 to 16 is pretty close. Jeez. How close do you oh, want it? No, sorry. <laughs> scoring wise, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. I reckon this is probably going to be more of an 18 14 type affair. I just know two or three tries each. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm interested to see how Damien Cook goes from a distance. I'm pretty psyched to have um, Burgess and Murray in my side for this game, but the guy that I'm most looking forward to in this one. He's seeing James Tedesco in flight, and um, I, I wish I had the balls to throw the C on him straight away because I reckon he's going to start on fire. He generally does each year. Um, I'm not sure if he... I don't think he did last year because it was... Um, yeah, he was integrating uh, with the team still uh, and everything. Yeah, so just gelling. But he, yeah, he generally fires first game of the year, or first promised couple. I think going back to the uh, the Tigers days, um, he generally had a tunnel close to it in either the first or second game pretty consistently from memory. Don't quite me, but go and have a look. <laughs> No, I agree with you. He does start well. It just was last year he was gelling and stuff. Um, 
I mean, if you have a look at some of his other years, like, I mean, even though people said that he went badly last year, he still averaged 64 points a game in the first 10 rounds. So he still went solid, but in his magical 2016 year, um, he actually averaged 73 points across the um, first 10 rounds and uh, 75 a year before. Yeah, it can start strong, um, but let's move along and talk about the Saturday matches. So Super Saturday, we've got the Warriors versus the Canterbury Bulldogs over at Mount Smart Stadium. Big news for the Warriors is Papa Lee has been suspended for one game, and we have Lachlan Burr starting in jersey number 13. He's an interesting one, 196k, but surely Papa Lee comes back and just takes the 13 jersey off him next week, and is he still okay to start with? Um, yeah, because he gives me an out for Papa Lee. Like, I can... This way, I can keep um, Isaiah in my team um, and not play in the first round. Just play Burr instead, who's going to be, you know, getting there sort of 60 minutes. I'd like to think, you know, 60 minutes at lock. Um, worst case scenario, um, if he doesn't play next week, then I just play Papali, and then I've got a Burr making money on on the on the bench as a middle as a middle rotation guy who's already got 60 minutes under his belt. So either way, he's a cashier and points, and it gives me a, um, an out to purchasing a 450k guy and not have to worry about not playing in first week. Yeah, so it's an interesting strategy because I know a lot of guys have just dropped Papa Lee and, and just initially thought, oh, he's out of the team, I, ha- I can't start with him round one. But I, I'm with you. If, you. if you want him in your team, you're better off just sacrificing the first game because you know it's a suspension, not an injury. He's definitely going to be back round two um, and he's going to go straight into the sides. So it's better than, than, I guess, spending on a trade later to get him in. Oh, there's a risk there for sure, but I mean, there's no guarantee he slots back in the in the team. Coach might turn around and say, "Actually, mate, um, what you did was stupid. I'm going to start you off the bench." At which point, though, know, I'm up the creek, and then I have to figure out what to do with him. But kind of up the creek now, trying to figure out how I'm going to turn a 450k guy into someone that's going to average 65 points with 200k less than what I need. So it's just just a strategy which I'm thinking about doing, as opposed to shuffling my team and getting rid of three guys and trying to adjust it. It's just the way I'm looking at it at the moment, but another two days before round, round one starts, mate. Yeah, it's an interesting way to go about it, but I can definitely see why you do it if you're set on him. Um, just for interest's sake, Lachlan Burr has averaged um, close to one PPM his last year, but he hasn't actually played since the 2016 season. It'll be interesting, but he seems to be a career sort of 0.93 sort of guy um, as a PPM goes. So if he gets 50 minutes, it's going to be significantly above his, his 23 points that he scored at. So... He might only need a you know a one one start and then a couple of big games after that to to make his hundred k. Yeah, they were only short minute games too. Like he was only twenty three off twenty one, thirty yeah. off thirty one, sixteen off eighteen. But um, the other big change, oh, yeah. the other big change with the side as well is Nathaniel Roach is starting because uh, we've got Isaac Luke out. It looks like Luke will be back round two or three. So Roach probably isn't going to be an option. Um, He's almost two hundred. He's at he's at two hundred and fifty k. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I thought it was a mistake for guys to fall into the trap of grabbing him when he's going to be back on the bench. But at the same time, as a desperate second hooker searcher, I kind of went, "Oh, maybe he will have a good game, and maybe Isaac Luke will come back and only play sort of sixty minutes, and um, Roach will sort of get thirty five between lock and and spelling Luke for a few weeks, and maybe that'll be enough." Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there, mate. Wasn't really interested in Luke that much to start with. Uh, I, I think a lot of people were praying that uh, some of those transfer rumours were true that they could get a cheapie in there, but not to uh, not to anyone's avail, mate. So I think Rage probably goes back to the bench. 
next week when 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 well whenever whenever Luca's back, maybe that means a bit more. Um, maybe that means maybe that's a better sign for um, for Burr. Maybe it's even, maybe that's worse for Burr. Maybe he's the one that drops right off next week. Who knows? But yeah, certainly something to think about. Yeah, it's a tough one um, with that Warriors bench because we've also got um, some other guys that can come into calculations pretty quickly as well. So Lisa Armel got named on the bench. He could easily be starting again. I just noticed Blake Ashford's there. Yeah, Blake Ashford's in Jersey 17. So it's it's quite an interesting bench because obviously Jazz Tabarg is a backup hooker who can also play in the second row. Um, Lasoni and Armel yeah. are both props and, and Ashford... Is an ex center, but he's spent most of his time as an edge back rower. So um, I, w- I would assume what's going to happen is Ashford's going to come in for Adam Blair, who's on an edge, and Adam Blair is going to rotate back to the middle, or just spend a bit of time off and then come back on. Yeah, I think you're probably around the money there. Um, other than that, the Warriors are pretty stock standard. Um, even though um, Ashford and Tavaga are guys that can play, you know, back row and also in um, in the centres for Ashford, both of them have been have been I guess middle for Tavaga and also back row for Ashford means you can may as well look at it as a four forward bench. So I think there's a hell of a lot to take out of the Warriors. TLT, yeah. uh, a lot of changes next week. There might week. be one. Yeah? There might be one. Yeah. What, what would you do if there was a last minute change and Armour started? I know a few people might were kind of keen on him for his PPM, but depends what minutes he's going to get. And if he's being slated as a interchange guy now, not a guaranteed starter. He could quite conceivably start and then be flicked back to the bench again. So for those interested in Armour, would you still be considering him if there was a last-minute switch? Really good question. I think Armour is completely dead. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of him to begin with because I didn't think that he was a guy that could play the bigger minutes that people were hoping as a starter. Um, He's always been more of an impact player, sort of, you know, early 40s type of minutes. Yeah, I I think there's a couple of risks with Armour. One, he's, he's on the bench anyway, and I think you could have only grabbed him if he was starting. Two, um, he's got some other guys that that can hinder him even getting a start. So Adam Blair, at the moment, he, he's been playing middle, and he's been named on an edge. Um, so that was pretty curious to me, why they put Adam Blair on an edge. He Adam Blair could either be back at prop, um, or he could be in, in Jersey 13, which would um, screw around Papa Lee a little bit. So I think Blair's the one to watch there. He could really screw up some rotations. I don't think is going to be the guy that can end up starting, and even if he did start, I, I just don't think that he's going to get enough minutes to be relevant enough. Yeah, I think those uh, edge fillings are a good sign for Papali when he comes back. Yep. Uh, the Bulldogs, um, one of the first things that I noticed was the number one jersey. Will Hopalati's won it. Uh, a bit of a pod, he's expensive, but a few guys were praying that he was going to get that number one jersey. Yeah, a few of them like the uh, like your stats at fullback. Um, I haven't dug too much into it, because every single time I've uh, looked at him in the past, he just... Just did nothing. Just doesn't really didn't really take any hit ups. Didn't do any work. But somehow it just seemed to keep racking up a couple of points when you least expect it. Um, I think I'm kind. Of, I was kind of referring to that first year when he kind of when he sort of came back and he didn't really have a work ethic. But he just seems to be that sneaky guy. The guy that just he just kind of looks laid back and lethargic, not a care in the world. But just every now and then he'll get the ball and just seems to slip through and do something. So yeah, actually. I reckon that you've um I reckon that you've looked at his his first year when he played some fullback and um and Brittany him off because of that the the last couple of years when he's played fullback um he's gotten most of his points through how much work so you're right he started off pretty lazy and not doing a lot but um 
then he all of a sudden when he's played fullback the last couple of years, he's he's busted out some games with like twenty four hit ups, a couple of offloads and, and a few tackle breaks and managed to just have you know sixty eight points in in base sometimes, um, with some massive games. So um, at fullback, his numbers are really, really good. Um, it's just a matter of whether you think that he's going to keep that number one jersey because he's done this before. He's been named at number one, and then he's been rotated back to centre um, after a few games, and they've given up on it. So, I mean, do you think that Dean Pay is going to keep up with it? Because Nick Meany was the other guy that was purchased to potentially play fullback, and he's in jersey twenty oh, at the look, moment. He might keep him up. He might keep up with him and, and leave him there. But I just think he really is a 60 kind of point guy and he's priced around there. I just don't see any massive upside there to him. So I'm not prepared to lay him. Yeah, he's, he's he does too expensive. Have a good, does have a good drawback. Yeah, it's um, it's one I'm going to leave, but I'm glad that a few super coaches are happy about it. Um, the one that you're not happy about, mate, is um, all the rumours are true. Reese Martin is gone. He's not starting. The back row is Josh Jackson and RFM. With Adam Elliott at lock, and we have a three forward bench of Denny Falalo, Corey Howera, Naira, and Suaso Su. Um, Martin isn't even in the other jerseys, 19 to 22, so he's well and truly dead and buried, mate. But it means that Kerrit Holland definitely has a goal kicking. Yeah, there is a little spark in there somewhere. I would have preferred um, Martin, but no. um, I think if you. I think probably more people would end up jumping on Holland, but either way, it's still a pod there. Yep. Yeah, Holland's a good pod. And um, the other thing is that with Jeremy Marshall King as a utility off the bench, um, I think it holds pretty well for um, some of those forwards. So I think guys that were on um, Aidan Tolman would be happy with TLT. Um, his minutes look very solid with uh, Falalo and uh, Sue as the two bench props. And Napa's never been a big-minute guy, um, even those people hoping that he's going to be. I mean, big minutes for him would be going up to 50, really. So looks like there's a lot of room for Aidan Tolman to get his minutes. Um, likewise, he needs big minutes, but not, not just 55. He needs big, big minutes. Yeah, I mean, I can see him getting 60 with that rotation. Uh, 60 looks like it's very achievable for Tolman. Yeah, I was just looking at him again a couple of nights ago. And um, uh, around, where is it? Between 50 and fifty and 61 minutes, and he averaged sort of 55 or 56 minutes. So but if, you, if you go above that, sort of uh, between 64 and kind of 72 minutes, his average uh, significantly jumps. Um, uh, but it's still only you know, a 61 and a half average of 68 minutes. So he needs some massive minutes, mate. I'm not prepared to go near him. No, I'm not either. I just know a lot of guys are, are pretty keen on him. I mean, I don't see him doing badly. Um, that bench helps solidify, you know, what he was going to do. But there's so many bargains in front row forward now um, with some of these teams named, which we'll get to, that I don't think you need to go there. Um, the other one that it sort of kills, though, is um, CHN. I was really hoping was going to be playing in that back row somewhere. But um, on the bench, uh, CHN stocks are, are dead and buried, all thanks to Adam Elliott starting at lock, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I know you were pretty keen on him. Oh, it really was. When, when, he, when he first came out at, uh, at the Rift, mate, he seemed to be ripping in. But no, I'm just, I don't think he's the same bloke now as, as when, he, when he first started, when he had that uh, hunger. Um, he, he's a guy that kind of really needs big minutes too. So, yeah, he's dead and buried, mate. I reckon this one's going to be a barn burner, mate. I reckon this one's going to be points everywhere. Mount Smart Stadium, Dogs and Warriors, 
like to play each other. They seem to put up good points. Um, I reckon yeah. I reckon it's going to be thirty six to twenty eight. Dead set. Both teams be the sheds going. Oh, we've got an easy start to the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's not. It might not be pretty football. I can see a lot of bad defence, maybe, or maybe some errors. But um, with the way this attack's set up and everything, and some rookie halves, but I reckon there'll be a lot of points. Yeah. So for super coach, this one will probably be pretty good. And I reckon I would be pretty close to putting the VC on Roger Tuivasa Shek if I um. If I owned him, <laughs> and I, I reckon he's the one that I'm most excited to watch. Really, uh, I'm more excited about Holland. Um, can I just ask you one thing? Uh, do you have any idea what Holland's uh, strike rate is like in regards to conversion percentage? The reason I ask is because obviously um, Martin had a 96% conversion rate, and he averaged 14 point net points per game in goals. So I don't want to automatically add 14 PPG in goals for Holland, but if he has like a 75% strike rate, I'd like to think that I could safely add maybe sort of 10 game, 10 points. Yeah, he's definitely nowhere. That would be. <laughs> he's definitely nowhere near. Um, nowhere near Martin. Martin was number one in the league, but um, Kerry Holland's very respectable. I believe he's around 78%. So it's not the greatest ever, okay. but it's still good. 78%. So he's probably back. Let's be conservative. You can probably bank eight points. Yeah, I think you can probably back eight points for him on top of his average. So he does look like real value now that um, now that Martin's dead and buried. So let's move on to the next one: the West Tigers versus uh, Manly Sea Eagles. This one's over at Leichhardt. I expected quite a few changes from the Tigers, and some of them that came through, I didn't expect at all. <laughs> this was there was a lot of stuff here that I found really interesting. So the first one is that um, Momorowski and Fanua. Um, are both names to start in the back line. We've got uh, Fanua on the wing and Momorowski at centre. So, Paul Momorowski, um, you can disagree with me. I'm interested to hear your view, Billy. I'm actually going to bypass him. Um, reason being, he's um, you know 238k. He's not bottom price, not a bottom dollar guy. And um, between him and Fanua, it looks like that Mbai is going to push one of them out because Mbai is not named. So, Thompson's going to go to that Fanua wing and either Fanua is going to play centre or Momorowski's going to play centre to accommodate Mbai. And um, I just think that there's enough bottom-dollar rookies to to not bother putting in a 238k guy I don't need to. Um, yeah, I think... Um, so, Thompson will go to wing. Um, I think uh, Momorowski was favoured over Fanua. Fanua was named in Reggie's um, and doesn't exactly have a, a great work ethic of training, I think, was the rumour. I don't know who started or who, who told me. But... Um, I would, yeah, I'd bank on Momorowski taking the spot, but in saying that, um, given them, like you said, mate, given the number of bottom dollar cheapest, I've never had him in any of my drafts. It's just it's like a, a gold low this year, mate. Every time you scratch a lottery ticket, <laughs> you, you get a free cheapie come up. So um, I don't think there's any really need to go anywhere near him. Same, same with Ghana. I think there's there's um, Nakora up there. There's um, Burr up there, you've got a, the, the Broncos cheapy kid. There's just too many guys that are, are going to get sort of 30, 35 minutes that so you can easily sort of bank on, not on that, um, getting points in the middle. Yeah, Garner was the other one that I was going to chat about because he's he's got that jersey number 12 that he was rumoured to have. Um, but one thing with this uh, Tigers team is that they've named a 4 forward bench. So they've got Russell Packer, Thomas McHale to make his debut, Josh Alloway, and Michael Cheekham. 
So they've got four forwards to come in. Um, Michael Cheekham's a pretty handy edge as well, and you'd expect Ryan Madison to play um, 80 minutes. So, yeah, Luke Garner looks like he's he's maybe going to be a 50-minute player anyway, and there's going to be some um, there's going to be some worry about having him because he's 265k. So, so good sign for the um, Thomas McKayley, however you pronounce his name, because Alloway and Cheekham are both edges. So you're only going to have um, Packer and McKayley rotate through the middle. So maybe that's a good sign for Alex Twelve. Um, people are worrying, wondering what kind of minutes he's going to get because he's got a decent PPM. So maybe you can assume he's going to get sort of 55. Packers not exactly a um, athletic unit, so maybe he gets to the 35, which means McKayley comes on and um, um, takes sort of uh, 35 minutes off Madalino, maybe. Yeah, it's I Alawai's played some middle before, I'm pretty sure. Um, but the thing that I like about it is um, I'm going to come out in Australia and say, Alex Twala, I've been waiting two years to get a starting job. And as soon as I saw him starting, I threw him straight in my team. Um, he's a really talented kid. I'm pretty sure that he came from your boys at Parramatta um, in his junior days. And um, he's... He only Probably. Average, we've done balls at once. Yeah, for sure. So that's a guarantee that he's going to fire. But um, <laughs> he averaged 37 minutes a game last year. So he's only priced at 400000 He's a uh, front row forward, and he's a, he's a much better option than some of the other front row forwards that are being thrown in. 400 k you know, he's priced at 37 minutes, and he, he's averaged... Um, around about a 1.14 ppm in his NRL career. So he could easily, I would think, get 50 minutes, um, which is an extra, you know, 14 points on his average. He averaged 43 points a game in his 37 minutes last year, 46 points a game in his 41 minutes the year before. He is a beast. And at 400k, I reckon the upside is 50 minutes and potentially 57 points. So 57 points a game for 400k in front row forward is approaching towards a keeper level. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Um, I think the key takeaway there is um, approaching keeper level. I don't think he will be. Um, I, I think he's um, priced pretty well if you want someone who's going to chuck up some decent points. And Eels are probably buying back in about 10 years for sitting on a grand a year. <laughs> well, I, he, he should he should make 130, 140k at a minimum if he's going to play. He's... Um, He's 50 minutes. Yeah, um, I think, sorry to cut you short. Um, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, I think he's probably one of your options to replace a guy like R. Mount. Oh, 100%. Around that price. 100%, yep. I, I reckon he's one of the big winners of the of TLT, and um, I, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect to see him in there. I've been waiting for it, but I just didn't think it would happen. So I reckon he's earned it on merit as well. Um, so I don't see him, you know, dropping out anytime soon. Hopefully, so I'm going to take the punt. Um, I reckon that you've got to take a punt or two for round one when you see some some TLT and go with your gut. Um, Alex Twelve is going to be my gut one for 400k. I'm going to go there, and you know, look, I think the ultimate upside is maybe he can play 52, 53 minutes, uh, and then you're looking at 60 plus, and then he is a keeper at 400k that you've got huge value for money for. So yeah. I'm all over him. Yeah, all right. Just move on to one. Um, just for those listening at home, uh, Madison with two edge guys. Uh, you still reckon he gets eighty? I think he does, only because Garner's um, going to be such a light, light minute edge back rower. I'm pretty sure that he'll be looking at fifty. So, um, yeah. To be honest, I reckon the key is going to be Elijah Taylor. Um, 
whether they still see him as the Elijah Taylor that can make, you know, 65 tackles in 80 minutes and then just going to plug him in at lock as a tackle block, or whether he's, you know, been a bit injured the last couple of years and gone down the pecking order and he plays 60 minutes. Um, I think that Taylor's really going to be um, sort of the key, more so than Madison. Between Taylor and, yeah, and Garner, I think that 12 and 13 jersey can accommodate, um, you know, Cheekham and, and Alawai. And then you have Packer and McHale subbing the props for the most part. Yeah. Just remember, everyone at home, Tigers always win the first two or, game, two or three games of the season before they choke. So anyone that... <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, uh, look, if you're looking at a Tiger, make sure you're playing. Because <laughs> this is the one game they're going to score. So McHale, um, he's a bottom price front row forward rookie. Um, are you going to pop him in your side? He's in mine at the moment because I'm happy just to have a slow burner there because I need one at front row forward. Yeah, him and the um, Broncos kid. Yep. Sounds good, mate. So let's have a look at their opposition, the Seagulls. The first thing that I've written on my sheet here is worst backline I've ever seen. That's the first thing I've written about the Seagulls. Tommy Turbo is out. And let me just rattle off jerseys one to five for you. Brendan Elliott. George Tafua, Moses Suley, Bradley Parker, and Ruben Garrick on debut. That has got to be the worst backline in the NRL for round one. Mate, more turnstiles there than freaking Coles. Unbelievable, and I can I could not believe. Just we'll give some we'll give some of the listeners some other advice as well. The Tigers opened up at a dollar seventy five on Sportsbet. If you're going to bet on one game this week, go bet on the Tigers because this Seagulls side. The Tigers should be paying about a dollar twenty. This Seagulls side without Turbo it looks awful. Brendan Elliott isn't a third grade fullback, and he's barely a second grade centre. Like, honestly, this—the only thing good about this backline, mate, is that we've got Ruben Garrick as a, as a rookie that we can throw in the centre wing. The other thing I'm loving about this too is that the Tigers are an expansive team. They they go side to side and play the edges, which means less tackles for Travoyek. So um, with someone like me who's laying Travoyek, I'm kind of hoping for a 50-55 point game on him. Yeah, and look, speaking about those edges, like Ryan Madison could have a really big game in this one as well, and so could those um, so could those backs. Ersan Masters could have a field day too. Yeah, true, mate. So the um, the Seagulls bench, um, they've got Tread Hodkinson on it. So they've only got three forwards, and they're Gozowski, Tanganoa, and Sipley. And, and Tanganoa and Sipley can't play big minutes, really. Um, so it's an interesting one. It looks like that it's firstly going to be really good for, for Marty. I don't think that he's going to start off with a 50-minute game or anything, which has happened in years past. He looks like he's pretty solid for his minutes. Um, and Turbo's obviously solidified 80 minutes, so... The big one's probably Marty, though. I reckon that bench is a winner for him. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. Um, he, he generally starts... Oh, actually, no, sorry. The rounds were out of order. I was just going to say he generally starts with lower minutes. Can't start with 30, 30, 30. Um, 50 minutes, 36, 50, 50, 40, 50, 45. Yeah, like you said, he generally works his way up. Um, it's not diabolical. Uh, I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but he seems to use that offload him a little bit more earlier in the season. I don't know why, whether he just gets excited and starts throwing it around until the coach tells him to pull his head in and pull it away. But he um he he's tackled he's tackled by a consistent throughout the year, but he generally starts starts the season with um um three off three, four, five offloads per game. Three of them effective, two of them ineffective season at the the average. So chuck chuck in twenty, twenty five points a game. I think Marty's going to be actually priced around his average if you want if you want to kick up with him. Um, 
and they've got um, Warriors round three, isn't it, at home? Yeah, Warriors round three at home is going to be a good one. Yeah, if you're struggling for a front row, I, I don't think Marty's the worst guy in the world. Um, I'm not going to grab him, but I'm not going to. I would would I'm not going to go against him. He's the type of guy who can hurt you when you least expect it. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a good option, and um, he only averaged 51 minutes a game last year. I I could see him getting 55 or you know maybe even 60 minutes if Desi wants to make a real coaching change. In 2016, um, Marty Tapabla was playing 65 minutes a game, and he could he could easily do 60 minutes off the bat here. Um, and if they do, they're going to yeah. be a much better side. And with that three forward bench. That's that's going to be a yeah. massive win, hey. That'll be like an extra ten points a game, and he was averaging sixty-five a game last year, as it was in points. That would make him dangerous too, because he started the first five games last year with um, sixty points off forty-six minutes. So, if you're banking on him getting to the fifty-fifty-five, um, yeah, there's some there's some dangerous Marty out there. Yeah, so Marty, like Fafita, is really skyrocketing in value. I think with um, with TLT. Other than that, for this manly side, Billy. Um, I don't see many other talking points. Are you going to grab Garrick, or do you think that Garrick is um, going to keep his spot? Oh, oh, I, he's a bottom dollar, bottom dollar guy in the wing, mate. I'm just going to keep him there. I'm not going to play him. I'll watch him and see how he goes. With the outside backs, um, I'm going to play it strategically in regards to I'll play CNK every week because he's a fullback. I'll play McCaw every week because he, he's an uh, edge. I've got um, Holland down there. So every week I just need to pick one guy um, who I think will play well. So first round, I think I'll, chuck, I'll go on the, the Raiders kick because he's, he's against the Titans. And then uh, round two, might grab the you know, the Eels bloke because he's against, I uh, can't remember who he's against, but Bulldogs, I think. Yep. And then you know, some, someone like Garrick round three at home versus um, versus Warriors might be the time to play him. So I think that's that's the strategy, mate. Just pick just with the with the three or four base price wingers you got, just pick the game that you wanna that you wanna um, chuck them in and pray they go over the line. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a great strategy. Um I tend to think that here Brendan Elliott's gonna drop out straight swap the turbo and you're gonna have Garrick sticking in, in his spot. So looks like they're gonna bring on Albert Hoppelati pretty slowly. Um so Garrick should get enough time to make some money and just sit on your bench. Other than that, mate, for this one, I'm going to be watching Alex Twell, and I think the Tigers are going to win by uh, 12 plus, and I think it's going to be a good one at Leichhardt Oval, and either Mahe Fanua or Ursan Masters is going to have a massive score. Uh, I think the Tigers will probably just win by sort of eight. I think they'll be 12 plus because they generally struggle to score, but their defense is really good. They just don't allow any points. Um, you look at the Storm game last year; I think they beat the Storm, but what was it six nil or ten four or something? I, I don't know. Something, something, something ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I'm taking on the defense again. I just can't get over that Seagulls backline, mate. I just don't see how they're going to stop some tries. I, I think it's going to give a false sense of security for Madison owners because I don't think Madison's going to be that great all year, but um, he's probably going to start off round one with a bang. I know you're saying that the Eagles have an ordinary defensive line, but it's a Tigers, mate. They can't attack. <laughs> 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 I, I still think it's going to be an eight-point game. Yep. Well, I'm going to apologise to Tigers and Manly fans. I'm not going to lie, but um, I'm not particularly looking forward to that one in round one. I think both of those teams are going to be better down the track, particularly Manly and Turbo. Mate, I support the Eels. I'm not apologising to any fans. I'm making fun of everyone (laughs) until until round one starts, and then I'm just going to shut them out. Fair enough. Well, the next game, we've got the Cowboys versus the Dragons uh, up in Townsville. Um, So, first thing I've got here that stood out for the Cowboys side, they've... 
ended up with um, Lolo back in the middle. Um, so he was obviously on an edge, and it looked like that he was going to be on an edge. And I actually went and threw him in my side because I thought, oh, maybe he's going to get 80 minutes. And then he didn't. And then I was wondering whether he's going to get, you know, 60 minutes or 80 minutes. And he's back in jersey 13. And lo and behold, Gavin Cooper's the starting edge again. I, I was really thrown out by that. I did not expect Cooper to start. And I thought they were going to have Lolo on the edge still. I'm loving Maguire on the bench. He's going to come in and take Lolo's minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one as well. Uh, the only thing that I thought of, and you can, I was interested in your thoughts on this, I thought that what they were going to do is use Tomalolo the first 20 minutes in that softening up period, and then they were going to bring on Josh Maguire, take Gavin Cooper off, and rotate Lolo onto an edge with the tired defenders and have Maguire slot straight in at 13 for 60 minutes. That was sort of what I thought might happen. Yeah, sounds logical, mate. Um... I. That's what I would do. I just don't want to guess, but I'm just liking the fact that Lalo is is in the middle because it means, um, he's in the position that he averaged 72 last year. Um, you don't have to be too concerned about him playing more minutes on the edge and jagging a couple of tries and then rotating to the middle and and getting more on base points. So, it's it's an easier lay for me just leaving him there, but. Mate, with the um, with the amount of players dropping out, he's, he's not the worst. He, he's playing in a position that, that, he, that he knows well and might still rotate out to the edge a little bit. So um, he's a damaging guy. Um, don't buy him at your peril, but I don't think there's too much upside that could punish you too much if you don't own him. Yeah, that's fair. And the other thing with the bench, though, is even with Gavin Cooper starting, they've gone for a four-forward bench. So obviously Josh McGuire's on the bench. I don't think that's going to last very long either. Um the other guys are John Asiata, Mitchell Dunn, who's a back rower, and Francis Molo. So, you know, they've got four forwards on that bench. Um, so it does worry me a little bit about those forward minutes. Uh, the, the other thing I was going to put to you is that they've got four forwards on the bench, and Jake Granville hasn't been an 80-minute hooker um, of late, and he's going to be getting 80 minutes again, it looks like. I, I couldn't go near him, but, you know, people were looking for 80-minute hookers, and I didn't expect him to be one, to be honest. Yeah, I think he's he seemed to have more impact a couple of years, two three years ago when he was when he was having shorter minutes because he just it was like Cook he just he was a runner that's what everyone got so excited about but when he started playing bigger minutes the the running kind of dissipated a little um, but yeah like like you were saying mate this is a massive pack can you imagine if Cooper ended up getting dropped and Maguire um, came on you'd have Matt Scott Jordan McLean Cohen Hess Tomalolo and Maguire. Like five international forwards, all in one team, with you know the Australian um, the Australian half behind him. Mate, that's um not a bad little pack. <laughs> yeah, they've named a good pack. Uh, I'm just I'm a little bit perplexed about why they put Josh McGuire on the bench, but I guess we'll find out. Um, I yeah, thought... I don't know why because he's not he's not an impact player. He's just a guy that can just do the hard yards up the middle. I'd start him. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing that I could think of was he's just going to play sixty minutes straight off the bench. And come in and go into thirteen, yeah. and he's just gonna he's just gonna play sixty minutes. But I mean, as good as their forward pack is, which I agree with you on, um, they've got a lot of changes in their back line, which doesn't look too flash at all. So we all thought that Ben Hampton was going to get a gig for sure. Um, he's played pretty well for them in real life. He's in Jersey eighteen, and Jack Clifford missed out on a halves gig, so it means that Jordan Carr is at fullback, and then we've got Jarvid Bowen coming in with O'Neill. And Tom O partnering Nene McDonald. So Tom O and um, Bowen are the two that have rocketed into that starting back line. The back line doesn't impress me, but Bowen is only 196k. 
Yeah, he's that cheap for a reason. I had a look at him, mate. He's played some 80 minute games before for some absolute zero work rate. I, I think, I think that's a massive trap. Would not go anywhere near him. Yeah, I don't like him too much either, and, and I just don't see how Ben Hampton doesn't get into that side because that back line doesn't look too flash to me. Um, Tomo's, a bit, as Wilfred would say, a walking HIA. So, yeah, I, I tend to think that Hampton's going to come in. I, I can't look at any of those Cowboys, to be honest, and the only one that I'd really look at in the pack would be uh, Tom Alolo. I don't think any of the rest of them I'm going to go near. Yeah. Who do you think's more of a trap, Bowen or Kahu? Uh, I definitely think Bowen because I reckon Bowen will get dropped. Um, Kahu, I think, is going to be a frustrating money earner. I reckon that he'll make his money. It's just a matter of whether you go through four weeks of pain and then he starts making it, so maybe by round 13 you can trade him out or something. Yeah, good point. The Dragon side um, was pretty much what we expected with one glaring omission, and that was Zach Lomax. Not even in the 17. So, Michaeli Rabalawa has taken his spot on the wing. And by all accounts, this um, this kid's going to be really, really good if he can retain that jersey. Um, I've got him in my side, Billy, because I think he's going to score well. Um, but obviously, Lomax is looming and, and could take that jersey off him. Yeah, um, there was an inside tip on Ravalawa two months ago, early January, though. So I don't think this is just a last-minute chuck him in because Lomax's defence was ordinary. This guy was always nip, uh, nipping at his heels and... Um, Seems to have won the position on merit. So um, I've had a look at his highlight package. Mate, he's the real deal. I, um, I, you can't not buy him. It's just a matter of uh, do, you, do you play him? And if so, when? Well, what, it's, yeah. it's just going to be one of those picks. Like, you know, you know, like Suli two years ago. Like, you know, <laughs> do you bench him? Do you bench him and start a centre? That makes more logical sense. Or do you start him and you know, score 92? Which which way do you want to go with Ravalara? Like, you, you look at that. You look at that um, the outside backs for um, for the cows. Not exactly um, <laughs> not exactly enticing there. But, oh mate, um, I'm not just buying yeah. him. I'm going to be starting Rabs. He's um, he's going to be in my starting centre wing this this week. I reckon that he'll get a try against the cows. I'd like to start him, but I can't. I'd, I'd have to take the um, I have to take what's his, um, Simmons and over the Titans over over Ravalara away in North Queensland. Yeah, good point. Um, but I, I think he's a good buy. I'd, I reckon people should be getting on him as a centre wing, particularly over someone like yeah. um, uh, like Momorowski. Um, I would much rather spend what, 70k less and have Rabalawa. Um, yeah, 100%, 100%. And the only other thing I'll add there is um, we were talking about this on one of the previous pods. I'm pretty sure there's a very, very, very high um, strike rate for rookies scoring a try in their first game. You go and look at every rookie that started in the last couple of years, and it's frustrating because dead set, nearly every single one of them scores in their first game. Reese Martin did, all those young wingers did, all the young centers did. There might be one or two anomalies. So um, if stats are anything, uh, good chance a lot of these rookies are going to go over. But pick the right one, and what's their base going to be compared to that one try they get? Will it be off the kick, or will it be on you know, with a line break to go with it? Yeah, I, I reckon he's, a, he's short money to get a try this week against the Cows. Um, the other big change for them is that uh, JDB's put a halt to his court proceedings on Thursday. He's agreed with the NRL to wait until the case is heard uh, in April, which means that Jacob Host is the starting 11 jersey in place of um, JDB, with, which shifts Frizzell to lock. Um, so Host's 196k. He's, um, he looks pretty firm because he's got at least a month 
um, if not more, depending on what happens with JDB after that. And the bench, uh, another one where we've got Matt Dufty and then three forwards in uh, Laurie, uh, Leilua, and also Lattimore. And none of those guys are massive minute guys either. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to warm to host at 196k now. Oh, I can't do him. I can't, I can't touch him, mate. I think, I think his, um, his work rate is abysmal. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, even, even when he was only playing shorter minutes, um, if you go back to 2017, played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten-ish kind of games, and his, P, his PPM was 0.74. So, I'll, I'll point I, out I the year much. before, though. The year before, he played 40 minutes a game and averaged 35 points. So, surely he's looking at sort of 45 minutes in that role that he's got. Oh yeah, sure, surely. I I would just I would just prefer you know the um, the absolute base price guys because there's just too many of them. Yeah, I mean he's a um, front row forward, second row forward. So if I was doing it, it would be for a front row forward, um, cheapy instead of waiting for like a someone like a Payne Haas four weeks in. Um, or even having him in second row forward and being able to swap him around is pretty um, is pretty handy. Well, mate, he's, he's not the worst. Maybe he's a starting second row. You've got to look at him, especially at the price. I mean, don't let me say, I've, I've, I've not got guys before and been stung, and I've also got guys before and been stung at all. It goes around, comes around. So um, my, my, there's no rule that says you have to play the bloke. Yeah, exactly. No um, rule that says you have to play him. Just be there for money-making. So, I mean, with the Dragons pack, did you see, considering that Dufty is on the bench and they've got three forwards as expected and they're not the best forwards that they've got on the bench, did you see any other value that you liked in that pack from TLT? Uh, not really. Um, like, Host might make some points there. Uh, Laurie's the only one I'm kind of interested in there, but only if, only if he's starting, um, and he obviously is, and he's, he's down, down the pecking order. Um, I think Paul Vaughan, I like him, but I think, he relies on too much too much attack, and he's only not going not going to get him more than fifty minutes. There's nothing really that excites me. Um, Graham is well past his youth. I'm more interested in that backline, and especially with it. Like I don't think he's got the tackle busting ability, but I'll be interesting to see how he sweeps and uh, like a goal a goal kicking dragon. Like if he can if he can drop you know sort of you know seventy eighty ninety grand in value, then hits the form. He might be a you know, half decent half decent pickup pod pickup at some point. Yeah, I reckon he's a really good shout. Um, so in saying that, this week I reckon the Dragons are going to do the Cowboys. Um, and I think that Widdop's going to be one of the top guys in the Dragons side for Supercoach for that. I reckon he's going to score great. And you know the Dragons are a first-half first half team, mate. So let's just... They, they do it every year, so let's not discount. They might come out five a year and win a few games, so... Look, if um, and it is a positional change too. Um, we don't might have more opportunity slipping out back, and he's still kicking goals. So, watch for the fluctuation with, him, especially with a you know the um a guy like Ravala um uh, running outside, mate. He might you know, they might hook, they might hook up well. Yep, agree. Uh, so, how do you think this one will go, scoring wise? What do you reckon's going to happen? <laughs> I reckon the um the cows will be fired up and sort of get a lot of momentum but um, I think they're going to be heavily heavily reliant on um, on um, Morgan Morgan doing something so um, I reckon it'll be a close game but I reckon Dragons get them Nice Alright well let's move on to your boys mate Penrith versus Parramatta Battle of the West um, Panthers news realistically the big one was Jack Hetherington's gotten that number 11 jersey 
um, which I'm not interested in Hetherington at all at his price, so that's kind of killed it for Supercoach. Um, Wade Egan got named on the bench, so we've got a three-forward bench of Fumano, Latoa, and Sele. Uh, so that looks pretty good for the Panthers forwards, but realistically, mate, it was um, pretty stock standard from Penrith, and I wasn't too excited about them for TLT. Yeah, um, the only got. The only couple of guys we were interested in, I think everyone was interested in, that was um, Cleary and Kickout. And with Kickout gone, everyone's kind of on, everyone's kind of on um, Cleary still. But um, yeah, there's um, Kickout going, put a dent in that. Probably, yeah. probably not. Probably not. Probably not too much. But would have been nice to have him there. Um, I think the fact that Cleary is just kicking goals, so like you, you still chuck him in the team. Um, I like the look of the Eels a bit more. I like the fact that, you know, Lane's going to be playing 80 minutes and Brown's back to full health. And you've got um, um, Alvaro who's going to do a decent minutes up the middle. Um, excited to see how this young um, Brown kid goes. Moses can Moses can do what he wants and call a game, but, you know, Brown can grab Brown. And do they um, play either side or is Brown sort of playing second receiver to him? Oh, uh, they'll play. They'll, play. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be playing sides mostly, I'm pretty sure. Um, so they'll be going traditional left and yeah. right. Um, and so yeah. let's go into the Eels side I, because I reckon that they've got a few good ones. I want to hear your opinion on uh, Maika Sivo, the uh, cheapy yep. winger that yep. they've thrown in. Oh, now? <laughs> <laughs> Not later. <laughs> so I thought you were going to run through the team, those you idiots. <laughs> no, tell me about Sivo. Um, yeah, um, I, someone... Um, Mikey Painter posted a, um, a link to some video footage of him. Uh, this is top 10, 10 tries for last year or the last couple of years. Mate, he's big. He's bloody quick. I, met, uh, I think the last try he scored, the uh, opposing winger pulled up next to him and he was dead, so it came up to his shoulders. So he's got some size about him. Um, got a decent step on him. But there was one try that really, really caught my eye, and it was dead set. It was a kick had gone dead. He beat the ball up. He took, he took the tap on the 22 and, and took a hit up, went straight through four forwards and ran the length of the field. Mate, he just went straight through the line. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> you can hear the umpire, you, you can hear the referee at the other end of the field saying, geez, I haven't seen that before. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> the, the bugs are weapon. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that they've got um, Jennings that's out at the moment. Is he going to come back in and take his spot straight away? And if so, are you just going to... Have Sevo anyway because I mean he does play the buy round if anyone's out. Um, you know Ferguson might play Origin, um, and he's only one injury away from getting thrown back in. So maybe there's some merit in just starting him anyway. And I mean he's he looks really good, mate. He's a cheap guy. Um, unit Redrider clone. Just gonna just gonna chuck him in there because because if you don't, you got to find another six hundred sixty four k cheapy. And what will happen is. He'll end up starting again next week. Then you'll be like, "Oh, please don't start round three. And then you'll he'll you know, he'll either be stuck on two games, and Salmon will come back, or someone else will come back, or he'll kill it and he'll miss his scores. Um, I'm just gonna buy him and chuck him in, mate. He's available. There's not many of them. Just do it. Yep. Uh, the Ford packs the other big changes. So um, we've got a three forward bench with Will Smith playing the utility role. So Tim Manor, Kane Evans, and David Gower, they are all. Uh, middle forwards um, so that bodes really well for Lane um, it looks like that Lane probably has to get 80 minutes with those three middle forwards on the bench oh mate 100% um, Kane Evans plays uh, 30 minutes and he's gone ski um, Timmy Manor will get a HI and come off after 5 minutes that leaves Will Smith who won't do any sort of grunt work 
and Gower, who can he can have a good game here and there, but um, yeah, he's not going to play. Um, he's not going to take anyone's starting spot. He'll just pick up a few minutes here and there. So, mate, the the, the big winners here, Lane and Brown, hundred um, percent. Gower might sort of spell Nicolay for a little bit, and obviously Matter and Evans will rotate with Alvaro and and Malroa. Um, Malroa. Uh, yeah, no, he, he won't rotate through the middle. Um, yeah, mate, 100%. Lane, 80 minutes. Brown, so there's some decent 65-ish minutes. And I reckon Alvaro's probably probably a winner here too. He might get some decent decent minutes. He's um, got a massive PPM, but the reason I could never get him is because he has too many games, around 45 minutes. But, um, yeah, if you're struggling, if, if you're struggling for a replacement for now, um, he's probably in that Alex 12 bracket, him and Alvaro. Yeah, Nathan Brown and Lane, massive winners. 100% agree. Uh, I made room in my team to get Sean Lane in tonight. Um, he's in my front row forward now. Uh, and Nathan Brown was already there, and I couldn't believe that he was under 3% last week. And he's probably still only going to be 5% after TLT. So he's a he's a massive gun. Um, that's a great bench for him. Probably the only thing um, that's a little bit of a worry is how the hell do the Eels spend money on buying Junior Paulo and then have the Ford pack that they do and go, you know what, we're not even going to play him in round one. Even though we spent money on him, we're going to put David Gower, Kane Evans, and even <laughs> Tepai Moroa in front of him. You know, it makes no sense to me. Can you, as an Eels fan, tell me how this has happened? Isn't he injured? I, I didn't hear about any injury. And he's in, he's in Jersey 21. So, you know, I, if he was named in Jersey 21, I, I thought that he would have just been named anyway and taken out later. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll have to check. I thought he was. I thought he had like a small um, trial injury or strain or something rather. That's that's the reason. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. That'd be absolutely stupid. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> tracking him down there? I'm sure that it has but, to be a niggle, but I haven't heard anything. So, I mean, realistically, he comes into the side next week. Then, if he doesn't play this week, what that put Morioa on the bench, and either Evans or Gower drops out. Would that be about right? Uh, yeah, one of the, one of the, uh, no, depends what they do with Manor. Um, it was Manor, it depends if Manor was all, if Manor was always there or not. Um, I know that they had big raps on Manor for years, but he's just getting old. He's, he's not massively old, but he just doesn't seem to have an impact. He just gets in there and does his job. No, he's a 40 um, minute bench forward now that, for Manor. That's the, re- um, Look, when Morrow was on the bench, he was the reason why I was scared of having Brown. Uh, sorry, Lane and Brown, because I didn't know whether he was going to rotate edge and middle or what. But um, the fact that Morrow was starting, mate, that's just music to my ears for Lane and Brown. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was asking, because Paulo's got to have to drop someone out of that starting side, more than likely. Um, and even, look, if if, if Morrow drops out of, out of the side and Paulo starts, at least the fact that Morrow is, is starting now shows you what the coach's intention is going to kind of going to rotate him in the middle. He's not going to take any lanes and minutes and um, if anything, maybe some of Browns. Yeah, and exactly. Until, um, until um, Mal, come, Mal comes back, but that's, that's a while away, so who knows. Yeah, between the this TLT for the Eels and the and the Mal injury, this um, this looks really good for Lane and Brown. Um, I'm looking forward to having these guys and, and watching them. Uh, so this game, Billy, I, I think that the Eels are going to put up a fight and they're going to lose in a tight one. Uh, maybe something yep, like that's 26, what always ha- 22. Yep. yep, that's what always happens. We get out to a lead, put up a fight, and then we let one in two minutes before halftime and we lose by about three. Sounds about right, mate. I reckon Lane and Brown for big ones for your boys. And um, 
Nathan Cleary, I still believe, for the uh, for the Perth yeah. Panthers. So, um, Mate, there's, two, there's, there's, there's three things I can tell you about the years that happen every year. Gen- for the last 15 years, generally, always lose the first game of the season. A lot of them have been against the Warriors the last few years. Um, we never win. Um, we have a terrible record against Penrith, especially at Penrith. We just It's always a high-scoring um, affair with the Eels sort of kicking off and then we lose it. And we always uh, let one in the corner about two minutes before half-time. Those are three, three facts about the Eels, mate. <laughs> and on that sage advice, let's move on to the final game of the season. Oh, season. Final game of the round. Gold Coast Titans versus Canberra Raiders um, over at Seabus Super Stadium. Titans-wise, um, all I've got written here is Jai, uh, Jai Arrow. Wow. Thank you, God. Because Jai Arrow is at number 13 with a three-forward bench. And two of those, or one of those forwards is Bryce Cartwright, who's going to play on the edge and not take his middle minutes. Uh, and the other guy on the bench is AJ Brimson as a um, utility. So Fituarke and King aren't going to affect Arrow much at all. Uh, I just saw this Billy and went, Arrow's going to be an absolute beast. And there's no way he's going to play like 55 minutes. He's, he's got to be guaranteed 60 plus. And just quietly, I was hoping the coach might go for 80. Even if he did play 55 minutes, he'd still average 72. So, <laughs> like, he, 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 he is the easiest captain of the week. What do you reckon that they're going to do? Like, looking at that bench, there's only two guys on that bench that might take his minutes. Um, and realistically, those props that they have um, that are starting, you know, they're not going to be... Yeah, Jared Wallace is probably 55 minutes. Shannon Boyd isn't a big minute guy either. You know, it's, where are you pegging Arrow's minutes at for this? I reckon he's, he's above 65 there. I'm, I'm kind of hoping for 80. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just know he's not playing 55 minutes this week. Not with that bench. No way. Yeah. If you didn't have Arrow in already, go get him in. I made the call last week that I reckon he'll be the number one scoring forward in the game by the end of the season. Uh, this bench only, you know, only helps my confidence with that call. Um, other than that, mate, there isn't much to talk about with the, the Titans, so we might just move straight over to the Raiders. Um, CMK got that fullback gig as we expected, but probably the big bolter is uh, Bailey uh, Simonson or Simonson. Simonson, it looks like, um, is on yeah, debut. Don't ask me, mate. <laughs> no, I was going to, and then I remembered. So I probably shouldn't ask Billy about pronunciations, but uh, we'll go with Simonson. Um, he's straight in for you, even though he might lose his job in a few weeks. So I think that the mail is that it's um, a groin issue for Oldfield, and he's out about three weeks. Um, those groin issues, having them before myself, they can really linger and also re-injure really easily. So three weeks can easily turn into four, five, six weeks. So I'm pretty comfortable throwing Simonson in my centre wing at the moment. Yeah, I heard he was kind of... He was on a... Someone was saying earlier today, like he was on like a training and trial for a bit and then he had to prove himself and then he came in and all of a sudden he won his, uh, he won his spot um, in, in the... Um, some decent minutes in the trials, and then you've got a two-year contract. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting, mate. That's all over a six-week, six to eight-week period. Um, guys, obviously impressed. You don't get a two-year contract for doing nothing. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about having him on the team, mate. I don't, I don't care. It's only two or three weeks. I, I think it'll be longer. It's, it's Oldfield who's replacing. So. Yeah. Uh, so the other, um, the other thing as well is Oldfield isn't great, so he could end up sticking there. Um, so interchange-wise, they've got Havili, who's going to play nine and hooker. Uh, sorry, nine and lock. Ryan Sutton, who's going to play prop exclusively, along with Janamis Louie. Uh, and Corey Horsberg, who's a bit of a bolter in Jersey 17. He's a back rower. He's a 
raging ranger that doesn't have too much size about him, it looks like, from what I could see. But um, he's probably going to spell some back row minutes. So having a look at that, um, John Bateman's starting. So let's start off with him. I think whenever everyone was waiting to see whether Bateman started or not, and if he started, they were going to throw him straight in. Um, I went to throw him straight in and then kind of had a look at it. And I ended up leaving him out, mate. And I'm interested in your feedback on it. Even though he's starting 13, I could still only sort of see him playing about 50 minutes and warming into his role and sort of working his minutes up. Uh, and that's probably only going to yeah. be, you know, 48 points. So I don't really think for 400k I need to make the room to throw him in just yet. Yeah, he's playing in the Gold Coast too. It was 36 degrees here today, like, um, in, in Brizzy. He's a bomb, so it's a big swing. Um, I, 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 I know exactly what you're saying. I reckon he probably eases into it. It eases into it too. You've got two 80-minute edgy, edgy guys there. The Pali's, you know, played lock, played edge, played front row. He, He's no stranger to some decent minutes. Um, Hodgson is 80 minutes, uh, and you've got four pullers on the bench there. So I don't think by any stretch of the imagination the coach is going to expect him to place the big minutes. I reckon he comes out, cuts his teeth in the, in the NRL, and depending on how he's going or what his motor what his motor is like, maybe gets a few more minutes. So um, I don't want to, even though he's playing 13, and probably have a decent base, <laughs> unless you can guarantee it's one PPM. And or more than fifty minutes, more than sixty minutes. Yeah, I don't want to take that four hundred k risk guy off, so I've reversed him out. Yep. So I ended up going with um, Capewell instead, and my reasoning was that Capewell's guaranteed at least sixty minutes from my thinking, and he's sixty k less as well. Um, and I sort of saw Bateman as a guy that could be a good trade in, maybe around sort of eight, nine, ten before that buy when he reads yeah. his minutes up. Yeah, and Capel has the Eels and Titans around two and three, doesn't he? Yeah, so Capel's also got the ability to hit some good attack as well, whereas I don't think Bateman's going to be used to the pace and the style of game that the NRL is straight off the bat for him to be able to even get those combinations going. Yeah, yeah, agree, mate. Um, 100% with you there. Um, so Tappany was the only other guy I was going to talk about. Papali got his number eight jersey, as we kind of expected, with Soliola, the other four, uh, prop. Tuppany looks relatively safe looking at that bench. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with his minutes and, and leaving him in there now. Uh, yeah, I just keep going back to his base. He's in, he's in Fitzy's base. I, he needs to go over the white stripe in order to be relevant. And how many times is he going to do it? I just don't want to bank on that. So um, I think he's a really, really good pot option. Um, but yeah, I just prefer that little bit to the higher base. So I'm just going to clear it in for now. Fair enough, mate. Well, I'm looking forward to this one to watch my boys Josh Hodgson and Joe Tappany go to work. Um, and conversely, Jai Arrow to get through a billion tackles. So I reckon that the Raiders are going to win this one in a tight, high-scoring affair. That's my call. Would you be fearful if you had uh, CMK, Simmonson, Tapani, Bateman, or that kind of... Hodgson, that, that many, an arrow, that many Raiders, and going into the last game of the weekend with any with any last-minute potential adjustments and not have anyone to exchange to? Probably not. Um, I, I think it's fine. I mean, Hodgson and Hodgson and Tapani are going to definitely play. Um, and it looks like, by all accounts, CNK is going to be full-back. So unless there's a warm-up injury or something, I don't really see... Um, I don't really see too much worry. 
I guess the only thing is maybe that they take Simonson out and throw someone else in. Um, one of the important things to remember is in round one, um, it's unlim- uh, unlimited trades uh, until the end. So if you did have, say, another um, cheap guy that came in, um, you could actually trade Bailey Simonson out straight for him. So just have a look at the extended bench. Unfortunately, yeah, they don't actually have any cheap guys, I don't think, unless Jack Murchie's a cheapie. Um, but yeah, well, I, I would just run with it. It's round one. Um, I feel like that it's Russian roulette for your centre wing anyway. So if someone like Simonson got dropped, you're going to end up with an AE score of one of your other centre wing that you were deciding whether you're going to play or not anyway. So it's probably not a big deal. Oh, someone else will turn up. You just use one of your 800 trades that you got anyway. So it'd be good. Yeah, if, you, um, if you've got money in the bank, well, in the bank you can definitely um, make that trade out and not have to burn a trade because it's unlimited. So yeah, and the other thing to mention, one thing everyone knows, but just in case it says one person, remember there's two Batemans. It's um, John, not Luke, the guy that's actually starting over the guy that's not. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I've seen some people with Bateman in there talking about him being only 340k, and it was the wrong one. But uh, <laughs> so where do you, where do you reckon this one's going to go, Billy? Raiders or Titans? Uh, Banking on Titans, sorry, banking on Raiders, but kind of hope um, Arrow puts in a decent performance beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon it'll be a pretty tight one. Um, all right, so that wraps up TLT for us for the first one, mate. We got through round one pretty unscathed. A um, few good changes, a few bad ones, but overall, we reckon it balanced out. Yeah, I was uh, freaking out a little bit this afternoon. Started getting the jitters going, bugger this, bugger that, I hate this coach, it's a stupid game, don't want to play it. <laughs> but um, yeah little bit more composed now awesome all right well thanks for jumping on mate good luck for round one no doubt i'll be chatting for you all weekend about it <laughs> no doubt good luck everyone thanks mate all right guys so hopefully you enjoyed the first tlt of the season this one was a bit of a longer one because obviously it's the first one so there's quite a bit to go through with our first team list for 2019 uh you can download us on soundcloud or also itunes do give us a follow on twitter as well nrl underscore sc underscore all stars I've uh, got a lot of good shares and stuff going on and some really great feedback, which is fantastic. It, it helps us keep on doing what we're doing. Um, and we do it for the love of Supercoach. So, you know, the feedback's important. So please share us around and get some more listeners for us. Uh, otherwise, guys, good luck with TLT. Hopefully everyone makes great decisions and you have big scores all weekend. Thanks, guys.